0: Welcome to Crazy Simple. I'm your co-host, Dr. Christopher Taylor.
1: And I am Lori Vann.
0: And we're two therapists in Texas.
1: Life is complicated. We're here to try to make it a bit more simple because sometimes the solution to our problems is crazy simple.
0: So relax, have a laugh, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Crazy Simple. My name is Dr. Christopher Taylor.
1: I am Lori Van.
0: And we just want to say hi to Elmo today. Hi Elmo. Hello. Did you hear about this this tweet that Elmo sent out? Or I guess it's not a tweet anymore now it's an X. Like you have to X. So we, so he X'd.
1: <laughs> I did. I, I heard about that and wow. I mean, isn't that a little window into our world right now?
0: Yeah, just amazing. Just amazing. Elmo says, hi, how are you doing today? And the internet explodes. Why do you think that is?
1: I think people are suffering more than they let on. I think that Mm -hmm. we have a lot of stressed out people and it goes across the generations. I don't think we can say, oh, it's just a Gen Z thing or a millennial thing. It's no, across all the generations, people are stressed and they're conveying it on social media platforms. So it, there's just a whole lot going on. I mean, we, we can't even dive into all the political stuff out there, but oh, we have some wars going on and um, on multiple fronts. It's like, where do you want to start? Oh, and the economy, too.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting uh, axiom did a uh, an article on this uh, Elmo post where he literally just posted Elmo is just checking in how is everybody doing that's what he said it reached apparently over hundred and forty million people uh, it, it it got uh, 13,000 replies uh, this is as of this is as of yesterday uh, this is as of two days ago actually the morning of two days ago um, uh, so on January 29th Um, so 116,000, uh, loves, I guess they do loves now, not likes, but Mm -hmm. that's just insane. Most of these though, the, the vast majority of the comments were about people that are not doing good, you know, talking about being laid off, talking about, uh, being depressed, talking about, um, you know, I mean like really hard stuff. So good good job, Sesame Street. Way way to go, guys.
1: Well, you know, what are your thoughts on it being Elmo and maybe the comfort level of people sharing it with this cute little puppet versus a real human being?
0: Oh, well, yeah, right. I mean, Elmo is this, you know, adorable, adorable puppet that we all love and, and he can do no wrong. So, you know, of course we, we are more naturally going to let our guards down and be more open and honest and also it's social media. So, you know, we can, we can say whatever we want without, uh, you know, ramifications or, um, you know, any type of response, any type of, uh, um, being held responsible. Right. So.
1: So, why do you think that we are in such a state? I know we talked a couple of weeks ago regarding some of that lip service mm-hmm. businesses are giving, and that businesses have, yeah. you know, tried to offer, you know, employee options and solutions, but they're not really being, you know, taken up on that. And and we had a conversation off sides of of just a little bit more of what might actually be going on there.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, one, I think it's a couple different things. Um, kind of like you mentioned, there's a lot going on in the world and the world is very complex. Um, you know, I think it was UPS that just laid off 12,000 workers, uh, and required all employees to be in office or I guess in trucks. I don't know. They work out of trucks, I suppose, uh, five days a week. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but there was a Gallup poll that came out not too long ago that, uh, that showed that there was a significant increase. Um, uh, in 2023, the poll found that 23% of U.S. adults visited a mental health professional, um, while only 13% visited one in 2004. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's seeing a significant increase. And people seeking out mental health help, which is good. Uh, those studies show that depression, uh, drug overdoses, uh, barriers to care weighed heavily, uh, on disadvantaged and minority groups, uh, and that we just saw, um, you know, people just kind of coming in saying that there is a significant disparity with U S uh, with how the U S approaches healthcare, um. Which is tough. That's tough to hear.
1: Yeah, because I know. I mean, for Taylor Counseling and for Van Wellness, I mean, we're we try and make ourselves available in the community and provide a wide variety of resources, things that are free, low cost, and then different types of counseling services. And it's it's still you just see the stats, and family doctors are overwhelmed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with patients coming in that really are more behavioral health issues, but they're exacerbating medical conditions. And that's sort of the approach we've changed to Of just, it's the wellness. It's about the whole picture that you have to look at because it's all connected. But, you know, for companies, and I don't, I would be interested in your thoughts on this. It, it seems like a lot will say, oh, we, we have this program or we care about our employees, but, Then it's sort of the question on the follow through piece, and it gets to be that lip service of, well, how much are they actually investing in their employees? Are they actually looking at some of their policies and procedures? Are they looking at some of the HR stuff? Are they having Mm -hmm. actual mental health professionals come in and consult with them on some of these things? So I was wondering your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, so one of the things I've kind of noticed uh, over my career is I feel like uh, the, the institutions as a whole, uh, so health insurance, large companies, uh, government resources, are all, are all focusing on the, on the wrong area of mental health. They're focusing on the, on the top part of mental health instead of the bottom. And what I mean by that is that they're, they're focusing on emergent care rather than preventative care. Uh, it's kind of like when we go to the dentist, like the dentist tells you, you know, brush your teeth, floss. Um, we know that these work. Well, I mean, I think the, the verdict's out on flossing. I think maybe there's some trouble with the data there, but, um, uh, but, um, you know, we do this and you'll, your teeth will be better. And we know that this works. We know that this works so much that insurance companies know that if they pay for you to go get your teeth cleaned, that will reduce your burden on the dental system. Well, mental health is the exact same. And it's the exact same as diabetes as well. We know like the most expensive way to treat diabetes is to wait until you go to diabetic ketoacidosis. It's a very expensive way to deal with the problem. Um, and so we know that the same, the same transitive property applies uh, when we look at mental health. Uh, the, the worst way to deal with suicide is after a suicide attempt. You know, when somebody goes to a hospital, uh, an ER, I mean, this just is radically expensive and jarring for the family and, and, their, and their social ecosystem. So, uh, you know, when we look at it from a bottom-up approach uh, and we start investing in outpatient, long-term outpatient care, long-term resources, stigma reduction, uh, more accessibility for care, Inspiring and providing a pathway forward for more students uh, to want to become a mental health professional. I think, um, I think indeed, and don't, uh, you know, I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, but I think the average, uh, the the national income average for a licensed master's level provider was like 70000 dollars a year. This is somebody not only with an undergraduate degree, but with also a master's degree, right? Uh, in a in a very specialized skill set, right? Uh, so there's not enough therapists uh, to meet the need for for mental health, and I don't mean to be a, a doomsayer here, but I do know it's going to get worse over the next six years. You know, I think in four years, if Elmo sends this tweet out again, it's going to be twice, three times as much. You know.
1: No, I I would agree wholeheartedly that we really have to reverse engineer this. Here's the problem, and we're focusing in a reactive manner versus being proactive. And I mean, that's something that I've tried to go into businesses and say, Hey, do you understand you're actually going to save money by initially investing in your clients by having some of these things set up? And unfortunately it's the, they go still more with that reactive part of, Oh, we have all these disability claims. Oh, you know, we have this employee turnover. And it's like, well, you know, hello, it's because you've allowed this culture to go on. You've allowed these things to happen. And now that you have this big blow up or maybe your employee became a news story and now you're dealing with bad PR, now Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. want to address it. And that's, it's actually something that in March, I'm going to speak in front of a group of real estate uh, professionals right. and bring up this very thing of, look, it doesn't matter the size of your company. If you have a team of any size, you need to have these discussions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the the ripple effect is unbelievable. Not yep. just within a business, but as a community as a whole.
0: Yes, yes, it is huge. It is huge. Uh, and One of the, I think, one of the major issues that uh, that that we're seeing is is quite frankly profitability you know uh there's not a lot of profitability in mental health care and i know that's something that seems taboo to talk about and yeah therapists you know we don't get in the field to to you know become you know mega millionaires right that's why we play the lotto you know (laughs) mega millionaire uh but um but but no, I mean like if, if we were money driven, we would be you know moving into a, an area that is more financially rewarding, right? Uh, therapists are, are not that's not their driver, right? But you know they still have to be able to keep up with the cost of living, and as the cost of living in the U.S. rises, uh, you know TVs get cheaper because we we outsource where we make them. We make them in company in countries that have very low cost of living that have very low labor costs, right? But when you look at providing a mental health service you're looking at at providing a service that is that is done by an individual that lives in the united states where where the cost of living is much much higher the cost of education is higher and so this uh so we don't get the price reduction on sony tvs right like like we we see you know in the marketplace when you go to best buy right um you know tvs get cheaper but mental health gets more expensive and that's why uh in in that same article too axiom axios also um uh, or not the same article, but same um same uh, email blast. They they uh the same newsletter. They have another article in there titled "Mental Health and Addiction Care Falls Short Because It's Not Profitable." It's not profitable.
1: Yeah. Well, so having been in this field for over 25 years, and I've worked the nonprofit sector, which there's absolutely no money in that unless you're a CEO of the nonprofit. Um, We're not going to call out any uh, particular names there where their CEOs make, you know, 500,000 plus a year. But we're going to look at, I mean, just a nonprofit. I mean, maybe you make 35,000, maybe 40,000. You do it for the love of what you're doing, but I mean, you can barely afford to live in an apartment at that rate. I've worked outpatient psych. I've worked inpatient psych. Um, Inpatient psych is not the easiest thing to do. Uh, There's actual physical dangers that can go with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the... the pay is on the the lower end, because truthfully, anyone else that has a master's degree that's put in their two years, two and a half years of grad school, then did 3000 hours of an internship. I mean, for lawyers, they have three years of law school, but they don't so much have the, the same kind of internship a counselor does. And they start off making 300 plus an hour. Most counselors are making Let's say if they work for someone else, maybe 25 an hour. And if you're private practice and people think that's the golden, the golden ticket for finances, and we are, (laughs) that's a big lie. Um, Because if you're providing insurance, those rates are anywhere from 90 an hour to maybe if you're with a bigger company, you get 130 an hour, but then you're self-employed. So you're losing, say, 30 plus percentage off right off the top on your own taxes not to mention all the overhead yeah. that can go with it and all of a sudden it's it's not that 130 an hour that you're making plus you're not seeing 40 clients a week or at least you shouldn't be cuz to me that's like an ethics thing
0: so uh uh real quick um just a shout out to our lawyers um that might be listening um uh, uh, you do have to take the bar exam. So there's that. (laughs) Or then we just have to take this like very quick little, like one hour test and we're good to go. So, um, so, uh, and I'm sure law school is really, really difficult. So, um, anyways, just want to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, I totally respect the lawyers. I want to give them that. I know law school is difficult. Absolutely. I know it's challenging. Um, but you know, so is dealing with someone that's suicidal and you're actually responsible Absolutely. for
0: it, so is being a, so is being a mental health professional. Absolutely. So let's get off our soapboxes, boxes uh, because the title of this podcast is not Lori and Chris's soapbox. Um, it is crazy simple. So what, what are some crazy simple solutions to these very large institutional problems?
1: Well, on the insurance side, and this goes to the government too, it's, really taking a look at the rates that they are reimbursing you know make it appealing for people to actually be insurance providers you know keep up with the cost of living because yeah you know, it's difficult to find an insurance provider that takes Medicaid and Medicare because they don't pay mm-hmm. and so the government needs to stop doing lip service of saying we care about people but then they're not going to help pay providers to provide said care. And for companies, it's, hey, let's be proactive. And if you don't know what that looks like, reach out to a mental health or behavioral health consultant, someone that's actually licensed, and we can set up steps for you of how to be proactive and not reactive.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really great, really great point there, Lori. Um, uh, uh, also, you know, I, I want to really just kind of drive home the the cost benefit analysis for insurance companies to so look at this from a bottom up approach instead of a top down approach. Uh, treating people at at inpatient facilities is extremely expensive. Uh, now, I think there's some wonderful facilities out there, and there's some wonderful facilities that accept insurance, and there's wonderful facilities uh, that uh, um, you know are private pay. And, and I know there's some really great people that run those facilities and, you know, I want to applaud them for their great work that is very much needed. Um, but I also know that there are some not so great ones out there, uh, and there are some downright just bad ones. Um, so, uh, so it's not an attack on that so much as it is more of, you know, if, if we want to get serious about mental health care in this country, we have to take a bottom up approach of investing in the long term outpatient of, of, of. Uh, long-term treatment, long-term outpatient treatment for the patient, uh, this will, you know, I'm not an accountant, right? But this will reduce the overall burden and cost on our system, right? So if we're reducing the overall burden because we're allowing people affordable, reliable, accessible care, uh, uh, we're giving them that option. uh, They will choose it they have a twenty dollars copay. They will use it. Yes, the insurance companies. You you will spend more money in the beginning, but you will you will gain money in the long run because those people have a far lower uh, a chance of escalating care. They they are most likely not going to end up in a in a suicide attempt. They are they are, they are going to most likely not end up. Uh, in an inpatient facility for drug or alcohol abuse, you know, which is very, very expensive. Uh, so I think that, that, that reduces recidivism. I think that, that makes for a more stable long-term care that invest in human capital, which we know, uh, from social learning theory is an invaluable, proven, uh, um, positive outcome for our society.
1: Yep. Absolutely agree with that.
0: So to keep it crazy simple, uh, thank you, Elmo. Please post again. We love hearing from you. And um, I hope, uh, wish you all the best uh, out there on the hard, hard streets, the Sesame Streets. And with that, uh, this is Crazy Simple.
1: I'm Lori Van,
0: And I am Dr.
1: Taylor. Uh, Have a great day.